Hi everyone, this is Hatchling, the show about life as a freelance artist. I'm Brian the Girl, and I'm here with a whole episode devoted to just a single question. What do full-time artists do all day? Now, this is something I wondered about before becoming an artist, because from the outside, I just couldn't figure it out. There's no manual, there's no contract you sign when you become an artist that stipulates how you're going to spend your time. You just have to figure that out on your own. So my goal here is to pull back the curtain and just be honest about what I do on a daily basis and how you might structure your own time so that you get work done and you feel good about the work that you're doing. When you're a freelancer, there's no set schedule for getting things done. No one's going to tell you how to divide up your time. So how do you stop yourself from taking every day off? How do you stay productive without letting your career dominate your life? How do you keep things consistent yet exciting? It's a tough balance, and for most full-time artists, that balance is constantly shifting. But this flexibility is one of the main reasons I chose this career. I needed to create my own schedule because I was pretty much incapable of sticking to anyone else's. When I did show up to work on time, just the knowledge that I was expected to stay there for eight hours was excruciating. I'm the type of person that needs to constantly mix things up or else I get bored. Even just switching coffee shops in the middle of the day makes a huge difference to me. On top of that, I have a lot of health problems, so I need to take time off on a regular basis. Last year, I got diagnosed with this autoimmune disease called Sjogren's Syndrome. It causes fatigue and joint pain, so when that hits, no work is getting done. Side note. I find it ridiculous that women are expected to go to work when they're bleeding and in pain each month. That's a topic for another day. Also, I have some mental health issues that I'm still working through, so the freedom to take care of myself is really important to my well-being. I'm not saying that I have more problems than the average person. I know there are people out there with these exact same problems who are still dragging themselves to work every day, even when they don't feel like it. All I'm saying is that this whole flexible freelance schedule has really been the ideal solution for me. The way I've arranged it for myself is that I get two days off every week, just like everyone else, but they might not align with the weekend. I try to remind myself that it's not like my psyche is exactly in tune with the calendar. I can't expect myself to just work for five days straight and then suddenly on Friday be in this relaxed mood once evening hits and then be ready for the weekend. It's an ongoing effort, but I am trying to be more patient with myself and take my time off when I need it most. For example, if I have an energy slump on Tuesday afternoon, I'll let myself take a few hours off to read in bed without feeling guilty about all the work I've abandoned. Then if I wake up sad the next day, I might just go for a long walk make some tea, hang out, listen to music until my mood improves. That type of break just means I might do some more work later that evening or over the weekend when I don't have anything planned. Even if I weren't an artist, I'd probably go freelance just to have that flexibility. It's really the most important part of my job beyond even the art making itself. Of course, there's a downside to having that much freedom. So what if there's no physical or emotional crisis that you can point to, but you still don't feel like working. What if you've been waking up every day and feeling unmotivated? Now, I definitely go through periods like this, even though I love my job, because 
art is a job, just like any other, and if you get lazy about managing it, then it can start to feel as boring or meaningless as any other job. So if I find myself dreading my work, then that's usually my cue to pivot. It's kind of silly, but I like to think about the job as a closet that I can look through to make new outfits, depending on my mood or the weather. <laughs> I've got a lot to choose from. I can do teaching, drawing, writing, promoting, selling, whatever else I can come up with on a given day. And just as I wouldn't wear the same combination of clothes, same outfits every single day, I'm constantly switching my focus. And that way I maintain a connection to every aspect of my job. I'm not just abandoning something and never coming back to it because I'm always rotating. Switching from task to task like that isn't for everyone. That kind of instability would drive some people crazy, and I definitely have friends who love having their consistent jobs, something that anchors their life instead of making it more chaotic like my job does. In most 9-to-5s, you don't have to decide every morning how you're going to spend the day and what work you're going to do. You just go to work, and it's sort of set up for you to get the most out of your time. Fortunately, there's a way to structure even a creative career like a normal 9-to-5 if you want to. In fact, I'm probably an extreme example of multitasking. There are plenty of creatives who prefer to work on long-term projects. For example, a painter who goes to the same studio every day and works on the same painting for months at a time. Or think about writers, novelists who spend years working on a single book. One of my favorite authors is Donna Tartt. She wrote The Goldfinch, which won the Pulitzer Prize recently. And her writing process is fascinating to me. It's so drawn out and painstaking, so unlike the type of work that I do now. She spent over 10 years working on The Goldfinch. Here's a quote from this New York Times article about her. Much of her research in writing took place in the marble and wood paneled Allen Room at the New York Public Library's flagship building on Fifth Avenue, where she worked regularly in the mornings, writing with plain ballpoint pens and spiral bound notebooks. Sounds very romantic in a way, doesn't it? So she did that for years, even though she could have been anywhere in the world. She kept going back to that same room and working on that same schedule. Meanwhile, I can't seem to stay in the same apartment for more than a few months. By the way, if you're interested in hearing more about other creative people's routines, which are really interesting, you should check out this book. It's called Daily Rituals, How Artists Work, and it has tons of them. Anyway, I've never been able to devote myself to one project like that, but I do get the appeal. Just tuning everything out, focusing on a single goal. I sometimes feel like the way I work now, my mind is too scattered to actually enjoy anything and be thoughtful about it. I just don't get to immerse myself in the things I do because I'm always moving on to the next thing, so it feels like I've got my finger in too many pies. But despite all these drawbacks, it is the type of schedule that works best for me now. And the good news is that I always have the option to reevaluate. I could just wrap up my current obligations and throw myself into a big project like a children's book or a large scale drawing. And I'll probably do that at some point in time. Here's what an average day of work might look like for me. This is kind of what I did yesterday. And it's a good schedule. I have a few different schedules that I sort of pick from every morning when I wake up, and this is one of them. Let's say I wake up around 8 a.m. The one thing that's absolutely a routine for me is breakfast. Every single day I have my steel-cut oats with a piece of fruit and some nut butter. 
Then I read my book while I eat, and sometimes I'll stay a little bit longer at the table to keep reading if I'm in the middle of an exciting part. Then I might put all my drawing supplies in my backpack and walk over to the local gym. It's just a few minutes away from my apartment. There's actually this kind of cafe area in the front of my gym. It's really cool. So I can just set up my workstation there and do some drawing. Then I'll post that drawing to Instagram and go off and do some exercises. I actually think being active is very important if you, like me, spend your days hunched over a drawing or working at a computer. Then I'll head home, make some lunch, and then I'll spend the afternoon in my apartment doing my emails and other writing work at my standing desk, which I paid way too much money for, but it really does improve my posture. At around five, so again, typical nine to five schedule in a way, I'll cook dinner, go for a walk, and then hopefully do something fun in the evening, like see a friend or watch a movie. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen too often because if I don't have something like that planned, then I'll just keep working until I go to bed. I do enjoy my job a lot, so it doesn't feel bad when I do that, but if I do that multiple nights in a row, then it's time to reevaluate and make sure I'm setting aside time to do fun stuff as well. Choosing a career is, in my experience, a lot like choosing a partner. You look around for a while, try out some different options, maybe feel dissatisfied with one and then move on to another. And then, one day, you find something really amazing. And in the beginning, it feels like it's gonna solve all your problems and be effortless for the rest of your days. But just like any romantic relationship, a creative job can become boring or routine, even if that seems like it's completely outside the realm of possibility when you first start. Some days it's gonna piss you off, just like your partner will, and it's gonna make you wanna give up and just move on to something else and start over. In those moments, I think it's really important to look back and remember why you chose that path to begin with. Assuming you've chosen this path for good reasons, it's a commitment and it's your responsibility to create a positive experience, a lasting experience out of it. You can't just sit back and expect a relationship or a job to just carry you along in life. Deciding to be an artist, making that decision is just the beginning. And then every day from then on is a chance to grow, to reevaluate, to make changes and repairs. And when something goes wrong, when you start to doubt your decision about anything in life, you need to come up with a solution. That can mean relying on other people, that can mean reaching out to other people, but you have to start that process. And so your career is up to you. If you wanna be fulfilled as an artist, no one else is going to make that happen. It's your choice, and it means that every day, when you decide what your routine is, you need to have that goal in mind. Thank you so much for listening to this fourth episode of Hatchling. So many wonderful reviews so far, so many helpful comments and feedback about ways to improve the show that I've really been listening to and taking into account. One of the things that people have said is that there's not a lot of time to go in depth into certain topics. So that's what I wanted to do with this episode. I wanted to give this topic the time that I needed to discuss it fully. And in the future, once I'm a little more established, I'll be able to have guests on and get other people to share their opinions. 
But I love that this is a space to try out some new ideas, and I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about it. And if you have any more ideas for the show, I'd be really happy to hear them. So thank you for listening, and if you've liked this at all, then just taking a second to rate a review makes a big difference to me, and it helps the show get bigger so I can devote more time and energy to making it this amazing thing that I want it to be. Thanks for following along on this little podcast journey of mine. Hope you have a wonderful week, and I will be back next week with another episode.